This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Welcome along to another edition of Talking Travel on 2NURFM. I'm Wayne Stamp. With me is Sally Lucas. We're here for our sponsor, Travel World on King, and today we're off to France. Off to France, but France with a difference, battlefield tours. Um, We hear a lot, I guess, more about Turkey and Gallipoli and maybe not quite as much because, admittedly, this was a long time ago um, when we were talking you know, early, early 1900s. But there is a special tour next year. It's the first time this has been done. It's a small group tour limited to 24 people. And they're actually having a dawn service on the 25th of April for the first time in this region that's not normally apparently had a dawn service there before. Okay. So for people that have, you know, maybe grandparents or whatever, and apparently it is quite a moving situation to go to these areas of France because the French were just absolutely, you know, in, in awe of what the Australians had done. And, I mean, the casualties lost when you start reading about it, I mean, it, it's quite horrifying in a word you know and the first big battle was in Fromel apparently on the 19th of July 1916 and we suffered 5,533 casualties in 24 hours and by the end of that year we'd lost 42,270 Australians in one year so, you know, it, it was a big, a big battle or lots of big battles in that area. So there's an interesting opportunity. They're just little four day, you know, three night packages that will take them into this area. And you have a, a absolutely apparently wonderful guide who's very knowledgeable on all the, the battlefields or battlefields, shall I say, of this area. Um, and on the way, um, you go into Lille and Amiens and on the way you visit the VC Corner Australian Cemetery, Ceremony, Cemetery, and the Fromel Australian Memorial Park. Um, and then on the way to the Somme, they actually stop at various other war cemeteries, ancient battlefields, um, Posier, where they retrace the uh, footsteps of the 1st, 2nd and 4th Australian divisions. Um, so it's, it, I guess you've got to have an interest either in history or in this period of war, or you may still have relatives, living relatives of of people of that time. And I just think it'd be a very moving and a very fantastic thing to do. And for the first year, having a dawn service there as well, I'm sure there'd be a lot of people out there that would like to participate in Look, something Everybody like that. that goes along and does the Gallipoli one says it's just absolutely amazing. So yes. there is no reason you wouldn't think why this would be the, uh, wouldn't be the same. And no. all of us, I think, have, have got... Um, so much to, to be thankful for, and oh. you know, we think about the the uh, the sacrifice that these people made uh, in our names. You know, just amazing. Oh, I and mean, so young, oh, a lot of just them. incredible. They're you know, seventeen and eighteen, and some yeah. of them lied about their ages to just get into to go. the forces. Can just you imagine to that today? People lying to go to war. No, see, it just wouldn't happen anymore. No. It, it was no. a different era. And the pride in your country, even though it was, I guess, really as part of Britain, but in the end, how they eventually sort of overcame a lot of these uh, uh, areas here in the trenches was through an Australian general in the end who took over. I think his name was Monash. Yep. And so, you know, there's it's a lot of history here. And I mean, I've got heaps of it here which I could read to you, but it, it's far so, you know, far too detailed. Mm. But I mean, I, I find it fascinating and it's, it's a very interesting time. We could have been all brought up entirely differently or yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it is important I think. And, and a long way for Australian soldiers to go and, and probably yes. very fitting when you think about where they are these days serving yes. overseas and especially, you know, some of the, the tragic losses we've had in the last couple of months or so. I'm, also, yeah. I'm sure that this will just be a really touching ceremony, one that you'd want to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, of course, the French, I think, were so involved, a lot of these villages they virtually saved and, and took the Aussies on, you mm. know, and a lot of the streets and everything are, are named, you know. Mm. So there's a much closer affinity, I think, with Australians than even in Turkey. 
Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like that, we lost a lot of people there, but there wasn't that affinity with the local people that there has been in France. So I think, yeah, they would be so welcomed. You know, I think it would be very moving because yep. of all the people that are there. Oh, so, I just think it's thoroughly yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I just Goodbye. thought I'd mention that. Oh, that's a beauty. Um, I'm doing this, you know, these little different things that we can do involving our holidays that we don't always have to do the run-of-the-mill stuff, do we? No. No. And something different coming, just changing a bit from there, from uh, that to Aurora Expeditions, who uh, run those wonderful expedition cruising areas of Antarctica and the Arctic. And as, as you know, I have done one, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're opening up new areas all the time to take people into with this expedition cruising. So this is really interesting. It's going into the Russian Far East, and the it's called the Kuril Islands and Kamachka. Um, but you actually start in Japan and cruise up, you know, into that part mm-hmm. of Russia and all the islands around there. And I thought for someone who's sort of, well, been there, done that or done most of this, this is a very new market and a very interesting area to be able to cruise into. And when I've looked at the website, I mean, it just, the scenery looks absolutely stunning, you know, very mountainous, very beautiful. And again, of course, you get heaps of wildlife. So just to let people know, there are some different itineraries out there, not just the Arctic and the Antarctic. And there's another one that's actually doing the Bering Sea as well as the Commander Islands. So it just looks fascinating when you look at these steep gorge-type cliffs and scenery, like quite quite beautiful. And again, no other vessels have really done much in this area because it it's really needs a small expedition vessel to be able to get into these areas. So that's something different again. So, you know, we're talking battlefields one minute and then we're talking pristine nature the yeah. next. But, I mean, there's heaps out there now. The world's just getting bigger Smaller, smaller in the fact that we can get to more places, but bigger in the fact that more areas are opening up to us all the time. So you, you can't ever say, I've been everywhere, man. There's no. too much out there. Yes, there is. <laughs> You've never seen it in a lifetime or even three. No, exactly. Welcome back. This is Talking Travel on 2NURFM for our sponsor, Travel World on King. I'm Wayne Stan. With me is Sally Lucas. I, I'm, can we go to Nepal? I'd like to go to Nepal. Is that oh. called Nepaling? <laughs> Suit yourself, I suppose. It's certainly not appalling. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll move right along. Yeah, um, I guess Nepal is renowned because of its mountains, obviously, and yeah. its trekking. Yeah. But there are people out there who would like to travel to Nepal that may not have this stamina or... They may be have a disability or Stop just... looking at just, me like that. <laughs> may not be able to. I was thinking of you, actually, um, <laughs> to undertake a serious trek. So now yes. what we can do, we can offer people what you've always wanted to do is to do Nepal but not have to trek. So if it's for those customers who... And it is steep. I am warning you. It mm. took me by surprise. Like, I... I didn't realise that our mountains were pimples until I got there. And, like, from day one, it's no, you know, ease us into this. It's straight up. Mm. And it's, it's dusty and it's dirty and, you know, all those things when you're trekking. So, so get back to the helicopter No ride. washing, all that. So this is for the people who don't want all that, okay? That's me, yeah. So 10 days of luxury travel to all the important parts of Nepal. So you're greeted at the airport, you're whisked away to five-star hotels. Then the next day they take you on an uh, up for an early morning flight over the um, Kumbu Valley, which is just really famous area, then on up. To the, around the face of Everest. So you, and I've done that flight, actually. Oh, so it is, it is a flight. Yes. Sorry, I was being silly. You oh, were being, no, it is a flight, oh, um, and it's absolutely ama- breathtakingly amazing. Oh, and they, they come along and explain to you, they give you a little um, picture which shows you all the different peaks and point them out to you, and everyone has a window seat so you can all get to see where all these wonderful mountains are, which are 
quite awe-inspiring. Anyhow, you also included in this, they take you to um, Pokhara, which is a, a township where you normally start most of your treks from, okay? And that's really quite lovely. It's on a lake, and then it's got the Annapurnas circling all around it. It's, it's, again, it's a stunningly beautiful place. And they take you into Chitwan National Park, which is home to, um, you know, tigers, huge damn big pythons, um, all sorts of wildlife, you know, rhinos, etc. So you're getting a little bit of the wildlife and a little bit of resort style. Kathmandu, the main city, big bustling city, but you're getting to see all these wonderful mountains, but you're not trekking them. So it's just for those people out there who just want to do it in comfort and style without the trekking. So at least there is something now out there to offer those customers. So I thought that was good. The other area, Cambodia, which is really opening up to tourism as well. A lot of these areas in Asia now are, and I mean, they're all so close. I mean, you've, with Thailand and then you've got Laos and Cambodia and Vietnam, all in that Indochina area. Mm. And they've all got some remarkable history, culture, you know, scenery. It, it's wonderful to go into these countries and just experience what they've had and what they've done in the past and what they're still left to see, which is, which is quite remarkable. So there's a 19-day. This is an incredibly, in, you know, intensive itinerary into Cambodia. And you're going everywhere. I mean, not just Angkor Wat, which it's so famous for, but you're going to lakes, you're going to, you know, beach-style resorts, which people don't think of Cambodia being. I think they think of it as monks and temples and, you know, more forest-style. So, And you're going to Phnom Penh, of course, and this, Sihanoukville, which I guess, you know, is famous for different things during the wars. But, I mean, it's you're still getting to see parts of those areas as well as the beauty of Cambodia. Now, these are 19 days ex-Bangkok. And the other one, of course, I was mentioning to Nepal is a 10-day ex-Kathmandu. So to the, those, we would have, uh, add the appropriate airfares for you, of course. But when you have a look at these itineraries, they're virtually almost both of them all-inclusive, like heaps of inclusions, a lot of meals, all your sightseeing really good standard accommodation. So really nice itineraries for someone who's looking to do something in style, but still a little bit differently. All right, plenty in travel, and we'll be back to talk about more of it next week when we continue with another episode of Talking Travel. We do it for our sponsor, Travel World on King, here on 2NURFM 103.7.